Hi, and welcome to my canning cellar. This is a podcast where I don't tell you how to can, but rather how I can. We all need to do our own research and use recipes and directions that suit our comfort level. I find many of my ideas online, either just by Googling or by looking at one of the Facebook groups that I've joined. Then, as I have become more comfortable canning, I sub out this for that if I need to. Now, I will sometimes put links to some things in some show notes, but rarely do I put a link to a specific online canning presence because I do mix and match ingredients, and I don't want to mess with the integrity of someone else's work. So this is Season 2, Episode 10, My Home Canned Sloppy Joes. I think I may have bought commercial Sloppy Joes once or twice during the past decades, but it was never something we really cared about. So this time I thought I would try it from scratch. The ingredients I used were four pounds of ground hamburg, two cups of chopped onions, six teaspoons of Worcestershire sauce, three cups of ketchup, one half cup of water, four tablespoons apple cider vinegar, four tablespoons of brown sugar, and four teaspoons prepared yellowed mustard, not dry mustard. The items I used were my Presto Precise digital canner, a canning funnel, a debubbler tool, a vinegar-soaked paper towel, a jar lifter, and five pint jars with lids and rings. I also dug out the largest frying pan I have and my mom's old Dutch oven pot. First, I got my jars warming in the digital canner, and I put the lids to just rest in a pot of hot water just to soften up the rim material. I don't boil my lids, as research says there's no need to. Now, again, it's hot food, so I need to have my jars hot. So I got all my hamburg cooking with the onions. I didn't break the hamburg up as much as I did when I canned plain hamburg, because I was hoping it wouldn't come out as mushy as it did before. Well, I shouldn't really use the word mushy. It just came out very, very soft. I also didn't cook the hamburg all the way through, maybe about 90% done. Then I drained the meat and the onions, keeping the drippings to add to the dog's and the cat's food. I dumped the meat mixture into the large Dutch oven pot, and I added all the rest of the ingredients, and I let it simmer for about 10 minutes. By this time, the warming cycle was done, so I pulled out my jars one by one, and I filled them using the canning funnel. I left them just below the one-inch headspace mark, because experience tells me that it could bubble up quite a bit. I ran the debubbler tool along the inside of each jar and topped each one off as needed. And I got five full pints, plus about a half cup left over that I just put in the fridge. I wiped each rim with a vinegar-soaked paper towel, put on the lids, and I finger-tightened the rings. Because this is a meat product, I had to process the pints for 75 minutes. After the timer went off indicating the canning process was complete, I removed the canner lid, and I let the jars just sit in the canner for five minutes. This can help eliminate any spitting that boiling jars can be known to do. The contents were boiling along merrily inside four of the jars, but not in one jar, so I knew that one jar would likely not seal. And after the jars cooled down for several hours, and that one lid did not ping, I just put it in the fridge for lunch the next day. And despite my best and most careful efforts, sometimes this happens. We heated it up and put it in a flour tortilla the next day, and both of us liked it. 
I had started to worry a little bit after the fact about so much apple cider vinegar because I don't like things that are tart, but it was fine. And this is a recipe I will use again. So once the four sealed jars settled in, the jars were washed in soapy water after I removed the rings, and once they were dry, I labeled them and took them down to my canning cellar, which surprisingly my husband still thinks of as his workshop. But what I consider to be my podcasting studio, he considers it our dining room, so I guess fair is fair. We have begun to hoe some of our kitchen and pantry area out, moving all the empty canning jars, the new canning jars, boxes of new lids, and we move them all upstairs into a spare room. Our kitchen is narrow and tiny, so there's not much room for things we don't use on a daily basis. As the upstairs stack of jars grew, it made me realize that I did a really great job of slowly building up my inventory during 2021, back when canning supplies were in very short supply. Upstairs I have four cases of new wide mouth quarts, three cases of new pints, a case of new 8-ounce jelly jars, lots and lots of used jars, plus several totes of used lids and rings. I don't store the food with the rings on, as sometimes the rings will rust. And I have a dirt floor stone wall 1790 cellar, which is optimal for storing food, but not optimal for keeping moisture out. Also, the rings can hold a lid on that has gotten a false seal, and in my opinion, the quicker I find a bad lid, the better. I also have probably 600 new lids, although to be fair to my pocketbook, some of the lids were advertised as ball brand, only I found out they were fakes, and Amazon refunded me and told me to keep them. They will be my in-case-of-apocalypse ones, so I feel comfortable knowing I have plenty of jars and lids for the foreseeable future. Thank you for visiting my canning cellar. Whether you celebrate any holiday or whether you're just celebrating life, I wish you health and peace. Talk soon. Stay safe.